Bobby Westside's Vinyl and Coffee. Bobby Westside's Vinyl and Coffee. Bobby Westside's Vinyl and Coffee. You know, this is a damn fine cup of coffee. Hello, and welcome to Bobby Westside's Vinyl and Coffee, the podcast where I, Bobby Westside, your friendly neighborhood rock star, pontificates about music on vinyl while drinking a damn good cup of coffee. Now, uh, today I'm doing something a little bit different today. Uh, recently, I got COVID for the second time, and uh, so I was out of commission for uh, about a week or so. I am perfectly fine right now. I am healthy. I'm out of quarantine, uh, but because I was uh, sick for a while, I was not able to uh, wrangle up a guest and uh, get them in the studio to talk about a record on vinyl. Uh, somehow, uh, two and a half years into the pandemic, still haven't figured out how to do a Zoom interview. But today, I got a little special, something a little special for you. I am uh, essentially re-releasing, uh, let's call it like the pilot episode of Bobby Westside's Vinyl and Coffee. Uh, back before I, I had the idea for this podcast, I asked uh, Salvador and Roland uh, in the studio uh, to talk about our previous uh, release, our EP, uh, Bobby West Side in the Stand, our album, The Days That Were Stood Ill. And uh, re- and I didn't have a platform to put it on at the time. I was going to put it out on Bandcamp, but they they didn't let me like put out like an, like a that long of a format. So I just ended up putting it on YouTube. Uh, but now since I have this podcast, uh, I thought when I had like an off week where I didn't have a guest, I would just uh, release uh, this as a podcast and do a little intro and uh, for it in the beginning. Um, so before we get to that, I just want to talk about what I'm drinking today. And today I am drinking Beck's Full Moon Magic. It is, uh, I've tried a lot of different uh, beans from there. Uh, Full Moon Magic is just the one I go back to. I love the flavor. It has like rich chocolatey notes. Again, that's what they say on the bag. Uh, but I agree with them. It's a, it's a damn good cup of coffee. And I am drinking it out of my Disney, uh, 50, my Disney World, uh, 50 mug that previous guest of the podcast, Nora, and her husband got for me when they were in Disney World a while ago. And yeah, nothing better than drinking uh, Beck's coffee out of a Disney World mug. Two things to note about this podcast. Uh, we recorded it before we kind of had, before I kind of like had an idea of like formatting. So it really is just us kind of like talking about uh, the album. It's a four track album. You can get it on Spotify and Apple Music. And I think pretty much anywhere you can find music. Um, links will be in the description down below. Another thing, uh, so at the time we had recorded the podcast, we only had uh, two songs that were going to be on it. We're going to re- essentially release a single. Um, but then, like a couple of weeks later, I had finished uh, kind of like constructing the song that's the title track on the album, Did They Zosted Ill? Uh, so we quickly got together and recorded that. And then at the end, of the album we have an we have an acoustic song that is pretty much just me doing like all the all the parts uh called uh how i learned to stop worrying and love the virus and uh i put that in and i kind of did it without really telling the other guys i just said hey i'm gonna put another song on the album and they were fine with it uh but till this day i don't other than listening on the album i don't think we've ever uh played that song as a group or anything like that for some reason, I've just been really into like ending an album with an acoustic song. I don't know why. I just, that's just kind of what I'm into right now. So just to, so since we didn't uh, get to talk about it in the podcast, so The Days the Earth Stood Ill, the song, is 
a essentially like five, six minute song split into like four different parts. And it was an idea that I had when I wrote the other two songs, social distancing and alone together, but I wasn't really like sure how to, how to kind of go about it. And then I just kind of like, I just kept like percolating in the back, back of my brain and uh, finally like came up with how it's constructed. So you have the beginning part, which is kind of like a, 70s rock part like very much inspired by like alice cooper's killers album then you have like this little black sabbath interlude that goes into a disco part or goes into a guitar solo then fades into a disco part then goes back uh then goes into a nirvana section like a nirvana type section then goes back into like the alice cooper part then ends with the black sabbath part so it's basically just kind of like all my musical interests in one song and the song is essentially just about the beginning of the pandemic and how I felt during it. And then finally, like how I felt after, like when things started opening up again, that's kind of like the journey of the song is just kind of like those like first, like six months of the pandemic leading into when things started opening up again. And then how I learned to stop worrying and love the virus. Uh, the title of the song of course comes, comes from Dr. Strangelove, the Stanley Kubrick movie. I think it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. I know if Roland's listening, he will text me and tell me I'm wrong, but I'm not going to look it up. I'm just not going to do that. So, uh, of course, Dr. Strange Love, the subtitle is How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. So I just took that and just turned into virus. And uh, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Virus is essentially a song. It was the last song I wrote, and I finished it the day I like exported everything. And... Uh, put it up on, put it through uh, DistroKid, our distributor. And the song is just about how even after everything was like opening up and people were getting vaccinated, I was still afraid to go outside. For some reason, uh, I just, I, I was just, I was just afraid because I didn't want to get sick at that time, get sick again, which I did end up getting sick again. So it seems very apropos to uh, release uh, this podcast now after being sick a second time. So those are that that's what the song is about just my fears of uh essentially starting life again after being like locked in f- for such a long time. So I really hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Um again this was pre Bobby Westside's Violin and Coffee. Uh but a lot of the things that happened in this podcast uh I took those ideas and then formed how I wanted the podcast to go. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to The Stand Podcast, where you're going to learn the story about how Bobby Westside and The Stand recorded the album you're listening to right now. Hello, I'm your host, Bobby Westside. I'm the lead singer and guitar player of the band, and I am joined here with... Salvador Wheelie, and I play the drums. And... Roland Torrance on the mediocre bass. (laughs) So, guys... Uh, this album uh, has been a long time coming. Uh, it's been kind of like a year of production. Uh, do you guys remember, like, the, the whole theme of this album is essentially, like, our lives during the pandemic. Do you guys remember, like, when this all started? Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, Bobby Westside and myself, Roland Torrance, our birthdays, were celebrated the last normal weekend. 
That's right. Weekend of the 6th. That was the last normal weekend. We had a big party. That's right. And then like the next like Tuesday or something, because this is back like in March of 2020. And I remember like it felt like something was about to change, but we were just there having a good time. One person showed up and said, should we really be doing this? Who was that? Do you know? Felicia. Oh. That was one person showed up and said, "Should we really be doing this with with this COVID thing?" Like, oh no, it's fine. No, yeah, because it didn't seem like that big of a deal at that point in time. Not at all. Well, I, I actually remember being in California in late February, uh-huh. uh, and it it wasn't something Americans were concerned about. But I saw maybe five or ten people wearing masks uh, out in the in the great state of California while I was there for a couple of days. But and I I knew what was going on i knew that that was coronavirus and and that was why they were out there wearing masks it was just a, a different world to to be walking around and in a crowd and three people are wearing masks out of thousands that you're around and and uh it's, you, world doesn't look like that anymore yeah my mom flew cross country that weekend yeah, I remember. She flew cross country. Nobody wearing a mask. Nothing. <laughs> Not. Didn't even think once about coronavirus. We had no recorded cases in New Mexico at that time. Yeah, I just remember like uh, when she like walked into like the bar for our, our birthday party. I just made like a joke saying like, "Oh, you made sure to like when you got on the plane, like you you wipe down all the seats with disinfectants." <laughs> Not knowing that that was going to be our lives for the next year. That was 14 months ago. Seems like 14 years ago. I know. But like you were saying, that that was like the last normal weekend. Our last normal day was Friday the 13th. Really? The next Friday. My birthday was March 6th. And then Friday. The next Friday was the 13th. Friday the 13th. And then everything shut down the next day. Well, see, I remember like, I remember we were at a bar here in Las Cruces going like going home to have spend my birthday with my my family and i remember things started shutting down that wednesday so yeah. that would have been like the 10th or something and then the president made the speech on saturday i do remember that okay i remember that and then uh you know and then i pretty much just spent like the next couple of months uh at my parents house and then i'm just like well this at least feels kind of safe you know what's a, a funny thing that happened? What? That like we had been talking off and on, but we weren't really communicating about what was going on with the band. And then like within a couple of hours of each other, you and I both posted multi-track recordings of of like little projects that we had done to keep ourselves busy. Oh yeah, that's right. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And, and mine was a song I wrote like eight years ago called Learning. Uh-huh. And yours was the very first demo of Lost Astronaut. That's right. I forgot and, about that. That I posted to SoundCloud. Yeah, and I, I posted on my on my personal Reverb Nation page, mm-hmm. and and we we hadn't discussed it, we hadn't talked about it, but like within hours of each other, we were posting that, and then uh, the next thing I knew, you were calling me and and uh, starting to send me files and. Uh, and some demos that that you would track to yourself, uh, apparently to keep yourself busy in quarantine. And I I remember listening to those, and it was just absolute fire. It was Thanks. absolute fire, and I couldn't wait to start playing drums on it. Yeah, that was that was like such a weird time because, like when quarantine first started, 
I like I felt safe because I was at my parents' house, and I was technically not alone, but I just felt like absolutely alone, like because uh, I'm not going to spend my entire time with my parents, even though I love them dearly. And uh, like you were saying, I just started. I recorded a lost astronaut just to keep myself busy, and I didn't have like any of my equipment that I do now. I don't have any of the equipment that we are currently using with me. I had my iPhone, which had uh, GarageBand on it, and then I had one of those like cheap Apple headphones that come with the 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 phone that have the micro uh, that have the microphone on it. So how I recorded a lost astronaut that first demo is I programmed the drums on my phone and then I just played my guitar and I like held the microphone on the headphones, the, the AirPods, and just really close to it so it could pick it up. And then I just like reverb the hell out of it to make it sound like, to make it sound decent. And that's also how I recorded the vocals. And I had to actually like look for those headphones because those, those aren't the headphones that I use like normally. I had to go like look through like drawers and like, are these headphones? Okay. These are the ones I'm looking for. No, I, I when I when I made that multi-track recording at my house uh-huh. uh, of that tune, I was basically just using the internal mic on my laptop, and I I played the drums live and I sang everything live, but I wasn't I wasn't even using a microphone. I was just using oh you the you were just using the microphone on the laptop. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and when I like when I recorded the drums, I had the computer like as far away from me as uh-huh. my cables would allow so that I could still be wearing headphones. Did you and have like I, a guiding track or? Why? Well, yeah. Okay. I had, I had recorded the guitars before, which is not how you're supposed to do it, but whatever. It was, it was my little quarantine project. I wasn't trying to make a million bucks off of it. Yeah. Right. Two weeks to but, flatten the curve, right? Yeah. Two weeks to flatten. <laughs> it was during the two weeks to flatten the curve. Oh, that was the thing. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Just stay home. How many weeks has it been now? It's been 14 months. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what were you doing in that those early days, Mr. Rowland? Oh, that was an odd time. My my absolute favorite genre, my two favorite genres of literature are horror, post-apocalyptic, and dystopian. Um, but you didn't was, expect to like live it. Oh yeah, it was that was that was crazy. Now in the stand in the book, the you know the, the virus mortality rate is 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 about ninety. Eight percent, but <laughs> it was just so strange. I remember, I, I I always swim after work, and then the pool shut down, so I would go for runs after work, and it was just so odd. I, I mean, people, I don't know. There was this sense of uh, kind of like we're coming apart at the seams. That was it was scary. I would go out for runs, and people just looked scared. Yeah. I, I remember that people looked scared. Like just running, like when I went for runs in like my parents' neighborhood, it just felt like, it felt like, like a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic movie scene. It's, it looked like, you know, what it reminded me of was actually the very beginning of The Stand when the virus first hits. The Stand, the stand is my favorite book of all time. But when the virus first hits and what first happens in the book is terrifying and it, it when, when things first start to shut down, people first start to get sick, that's what the very beginning, like March, April, May, that's what it reminded me of. First few chapters of The Stand. That was terrifying. It was just, it was so strange. That, but yeah, a lot of, lot of running, a lot of Uber Eats. That does sound terrible. <laughs> you know what else sounds terrible is when you 
tap the table while you're talking because <laughs> the mic picks it up. I tried. <laughs> I tried to convey. Sorry. Uh, without saying it to, to roll. I'm the bass player. I'm not as important. Therefore, I don't have headphones. Yeah, you only don't have headphones because we only have a splitter for two headphones. Yeah, and the drummer got the other headphones. Yep. I mean. But yeah, I don't know if you all know this, but Sal needs a chiropractor. His back hurts from carrying the rhythm section. <laughs> you know, you're too hot on yourself sometimes. You're a great bass player. You're the second, my second favorite bass player of all time. So, uh, uh, Roland, <laughs> Roland was talking a second ago about uh, his favorite book, The Stand. Should we use this opportunity to talk about why the band name is Bobby Westside and The Stand for this particular release? Yeah, I mean, like last year when we were talking about like recording, when we started recording a bunch of songs. Uh, this is probably, so, March through, like, end of May, I just stayed in Carlsbad. And then finally, I just got too, too stir-crazy, and I'm like, I have to go back, and I want to play music again. So then I made the, made the trek back here to Las Cruces, and, we, and I was like, hey, guys, I have, like, seven new songs. Do you guys want to jam and learn them all? And then we, uh, we started learning them, and then, like, the first song I had written in quarantine I titled uh, "Social Distancing" because it was about it was about the pandemic, and that is the first track on this album, or the last track, depending on what I change it to after we record this podcast. <laughs> uh, but and that was like the first one I, I think I sent you guys. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't a last lost astronaut, it was that one. And we have a video of the first time we played through last last astronaut. Right. Yep. First time I played my new bass with you guys and i wrote that song just basically just about the early days and like not knowing and just how i felt i had way too much coffee one morning i got super anxious and i just came up with that song not knowing that's a good it was all uncharted territory mm-hmm. so one of the fun things that happened after bobby westside got back from carlsbad and we all started to get together to play music again is we decided we were going to start recording this stuff because we wanted to be able to let all you guys hear it. We didn't have any place to play because um, live concerts had been canceled. Yeah, and we were supposed to play... uh, We were supposed to play Record Store Day at at the local record shop here in Las Cruces, uh, Iconic Records, and I was supposed to host it, and I was so excited about it. And it it was going to be in April, I believe. It was going to be either in April or May. And I was like, oh... It's a month from now. We'll be good. (laughs) We're just two-week quarantine, and then everything will be back to normal. You were so naive. (laughs) We were so young and naive back then. So when I came came back, we did start uh, recording. And, like, we have better equipment now, but the recording equipment that we had a year ago and what what we did record uh, became Psy Fidelity, the the first album, uh, we recorded on essentially like outdated equipment. I was using an, a laptop uh, that I think I got in like the late 2000s probably. And uh, the Tascam uh, audio mixer that I had, I think I got in like 2007. And we all looked really rough. In that yeah. Video. yeah Just, we hadn't gotten haircuts. Like I, I had Salvador's wife cut, shaved my head. I hadn't shaved uh, Bobby Westside actually is known for his perfect hair, and his hair was quite shaggy. 
yep, that su- day. Super shack because the my barbershop was closed. Yeah, we looked rough the first time we we ran through that. And you know when you have a when you have a mane like this, you don't just trust anyone to cut your hair. <laughs> I would do like maintenance work every now and then, but I would I never. I I, I waited as as long as I could to get a haircut by so it's just so good to be done by a professional. So uh, we recorded those original tracks for Psy Fidelity, right? Right. I think we rec- we recorded like eleven drum tracks in one day. Yeah, we we were th- we were throwing it down. Right, and and some of the songs we recorded, like we did a track for social distancing. We did a track for for um, alone together. Alone together, and we did many many others. Do you wanna do you wanna talk about why? Um, we had to re-record these, you know, a couple weeks ago. Painful to talk about. <laughs> so, as as we were saying, we recorded eleven songs uh, last year uh, that were supposed to be on Psy Fidelity. Some of them might have been on other recordings, but or other releases, but they were supposed to be on Psy Fidelity. So, spent I think two days recording drums, recording bass. And then I spent like the next month recording guitars and my vocals. And I think it was, I think I was like finishing up Cyphedel, or I was finishing up social distancing. Uh, and I was like, I just got done with the vocals. I'm like, okay, I got done with this. I'm going to like walk away for a little bit and then come back to it and see if I liked it. And as soon as I walked away, my computer just crashed. Like it was frozen for a little bit, then the screen just went black. And the thing was, we had like six songs complete. Every song that's on Psy Fidelity were the only recordings that were complete out of the 11, tra- 11 tracks that we had recorded because we were working on recording vocals. And I didn't have an external hard drive at the time. This is a very like lo-fi production we were using back then. <laughs> uh, As opposed to what we've got going on now. Yeah, right now we have like medium-fi. <laughs> medium-fi. Yeah. Is it the highest fidelity? No, but it's pretty good. We're almost the wall of sound. Exactly. So... Uh, so yeah, I didn't have an external hard drive, so just everything was lost. Seven, like I think seven songs, because I think we we came back like at a, at a different weekend and recorded like a couple more. But basically, we recorded almost all the songs that we currently have in our roster, uh, and then they were just all gone, just poof. <laughs> and I I texted you guys as soon as it happened. What what were you guys thought when you like found out that a lot of the songs we had were gone it took me so long to record some of the bass tracks like oh no <laughs> uh, mr salvador wheelie fell asleep for one song because it took me so long to record it finally got it after maybe take fifty seven thousand. but uh, i was like oh man <laughs> it took me it took me so long to to, to record some of those tracks <laughs> I, I mean I, I was frustrated because i i know all of the work that we all put into it and then just to just to know that it just all went off in a poof but it did give us the opportunity to re-record some of the stuff the stuff we're doing now sounds better the 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 uh the tracks we've recorded uh since the crash uh they sound better the performances are better uh the recordings all around sound better uh i i I, I defy anyone to listen to it and call it lo-fi. I mean, everyone's a critic. Someone's going to call it lo-fi. Because, <laughs> you know, that's just, our, that's just our aesthetic now. The Velvet <laughs> Underground was lo-fi. They're legendary. 
Who are they? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> but yes, we did. We did. Uh, I bought an updated audio mix audio mixer. I with with my stimulus check. <laughs> we all got some good stuff. Yeah, I I used a portion of it uh, to buy this to buy Logic Pro, uh, like essentially professional. The, the most professional recording software I could afford. And what, that's what we're currently using right now. It's what we used uh, for, this, for this batch of songs. Right. And upgraded the mics. Upgraded yes. the... Uh... Like now we have three Shure SM58s that we, that we used to record all the vocals. Uh, we have a set of drum mics. We have... Uh, SM is SM fifty sevens the mm-hmm. yeah we have FSM, we have now an SM fifty seven to record the instruments which oh like when I listen to the the guitar tracks from Psy Fidelity like I think they sound great but I was just using uh, I think I was using an SM ninety four that we borrowed from Salvador's uh, mother in law and it's it's a good condenser mic. But the guitar just sounded so much better as soon as I, I switched to the SM57. It just sounded brighter. And I am just in love with that microphone right now. I, Why don't you marry it? I will marry it. <laughs> You're a child. Dad jokes over here. So, so when I was recording the guitar tracks for uh, social distancing... Uh, I, did, I think I did two two takes, so I used my Fender Strat uh, dubbed Jennifer, and I re- used that to record the verses, and I used it to record the bridge and then the outro, because I like the way that sounded better. But then I used my Les Paul 2 Special to record uh, the the choruses, because that was the only one that was the only guitar that you couldn't hear like my fingers scraping against the strings when I was playing that riff. The you could you could hear every like time my my fingers touched the like scraped against the guitar strings on my Fender Strat, and that that is that is like my utility guitar. It's a guitar I use for everything almost. But I'm like I need to use a different guitar on this because I don't know if it'll bother anybody else. And a noise gate wasn't working to get rid of that sound. I do remember the sliding. Yes, I remember the sliding sounds. So I, the for some reason the Les Paul two special didn't didn't have that. So I recorded that part using that guitar and still just using a DS one pedal. Nice. Do you want to run us through your your drum setup? Uh, it's the same one I've used for the last, basically the entire time I've been playing drums since I first started doing that in my late teenage years. Uh, it's a it's a Mapex Venus series. Uh, with a, I have a Ludwig Superphonic um, steel snare, uh, a hodgepodge of whatever symbols I've collected over the years, and uh, we just set it up uh, when we did the original, um, when we did the original tracks for Psy Fidelity, uh We moved all of my kids' uh, crap out of her room. And set the drum set up in there. That's why uh, it was called Ease Room Studio. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when we did these ones, we used my my music space in my house, and uh, <laughs> my studio assistant and, and along with Bobby Westside and I uh, tried to 
deaden the room a little bit because the echoes in there do not sound good. So we just tried to deaden the room and get it mic'd up as best we could. And, and uh, once we were happy with what we were getting out of the getting out of the mics, I sat behind the kit for seven hours and laid it down. Right. Yeah, because I remember we just used every like blanket or pillow or any sheet that you had in your yeah. house, and we just put it up against the walls just so that room. We just got rid of any bounce. A lot of duct tape. A lot of duct tape. Well, Actually, it, gorilla. It tape. was gorilla tape. Mm. Yeah. Oh. We don't. We don't. We don't f around when it comes to tape. Yeah, <laughs> especially. When you don't want to tear holes into a blanket that you actually used to sleep sleep on, <laughs> sleep with. Yeah. It, it, every blanket in my house at some point has been yeah. used to soundproof something once in... Because that's kind of what you have to life. do with the, uh, when you're not in like a professional studio that's designed to bounce sound off walls. Because like now, like if you want the sound of like air passing through a microphone, like a guitar microphone... Like this? <laughs> yes. If you want that sound, you can like... Because I've been researching a lot of like different like plugins uh, for digital recording, and now they have like programs that like try to create that sound for you. Since you're mostly just like recording like DI recording, or you're using like program drums, like we record uh, all the drums, and most of the amps are uh, all the guitars are are mic'd because that's just how I prefer it. I don't want to use like the the amps in the program. The only the only instrument that we uh, that we uh, did a DI uh, track of was the bass because uh, it just I thought it just sounded better because the bass is just kind of like there in the background. Should we talk about the uh, the vocal booth that you've been able to create? Oh yeah, <laughs> so I've, I I live in a two bedroom apartment and uh, it used to be I used to have a roommate and uh, they moved out like a I think a couple of months before the pandemic hit. And uh, so I just turned that room into a studio finally. And so I just took what was, I moved my desk in there. Like I, I got, I didn't have a dolly. So I took, I took my skateboard and I just like propped it <laughs> on the desk and I just moved it from my bedroom through the living room and then into the other bedroom. And then I just like put up a bunch of, Again, same thing. Just put up a bunch of blankets and uh, blankets and pillows in the closet, and then turn that into a vocal booth. Where there's a will, there's a way. Because if you were like if you were like filming in there, because there, it's a black uh, blanket that I put up, it would just look like you're just in a black room. So it's just there to like deaden the sound, just so you can get the person's voice through the microphone. One hundred percent of the vocals on the stand. Well, I guess on what's the name of the thing again? The, the days, days the earth stood, stood ill. We're, the we're days in, the earth stood ill. We're in the, the stand the right now. <laughs> the one hundred percent of the vocals on the days the earth stood ill uh, were recorded in the vocal booth. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. And I think everything in uh, Cyphedelli was also recorded in that same room, but we had a different setup at the time. Mm-hmm. But it still used a SM SM fifty eight. Because that's just uh, that's just the industry standard, as we like to remind us, Sal. And it's true that it is the industry standard. But I do want to get like for the next album, I think I want to try and get an SM7B, which is a pricey microphone. But you know, a, a very famous singer recorded a very famous album using that microphone. I kind of regret 
mentioning Michael Jackson now. Why? I don't the know. Best. I might cut that part out. <laughs> but yes, uh, one of the big uh, one of the big things about an SM7B, it's like, oh, the microphone a Michael Jackson used to record Thriller, and that is an amazing sounding uh, vocal performance and an amazing sounding album. So, of course, I want to get the best, even if I'm just recording in a in a closet. Yeah, I tried to record flat on my back like Jamerson from Motown, but not nearly as good as he is. So. You weren't nearly as drunk either. No, I did that track sober in my glorious Fender Jaguar. <laughs> Fender Jaguars would like to sponsor me. Also, if you know, I'm I'm not I'm no loyalist. Fender Gibson, if you would like to send me guitars, I would promote the heck out of it. I'm totally loyal to Fender Jaguar, just saying. I'm I'm no loyalist. But uh, Tama, if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> Minel, Fender Jaguars, Zildjian, whatever. It's like, oh. Has a P bass and a jazz bass pickup. Amazing. If you're, if any drum companies are into sending free shit, if you like the album, you like what you hear, I will hawk your shit. A hundred percent. We can be bought and sold. <laughs> I am for sale. My allegiances are for sale. Punk rock guilt is so 2005. Oh I don't yeah, know. no. Send me, send me your, send me your stuff. I'll wear your t-shirts. I'll play your drums. I'll, I'll use your heads. I'll get a Fender logo <laughs> tattooed on my shoulder. <laughs> I won't go that. I, I, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'm well, the only one in the band with tattoos. True. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't do that either because I, I don't really. If I want a tattoo, it's gonna like mean something. Once again, other than selling Fender Jaguars. If any of you all are listening. Yes, totally loyal. P bass, jazz bass pickups. Awesome. I love Fender jazz basses. I will get the Fender tattoo. I'll do it. I'll, I'll wear Fender shirts every show. Hey, Bobby Westside, what was what did you always call my bass? Another animal. Black Phillip? No. Oh, I, I always called it a Mustang. A Mustang. Because <laughs> I, I had never heard of a Jaguar Fender before. <laughs> a Jaguar. Or Jaguar. I've never heard of a Jaguar bass before. I've heard of a Jaguar guitar. Yeah. You you shamed me. You class shamed me because I had a Squire. So then I it's upgraded. Just, again, I just wanted you. I just wanted you to have the bass, uh, for the bass that was good enough for your talent, so you could finally see yourself as I see you, <laughs> as the second best bass player in this world. <laughs> Who's first? Just out of curiosity. You're always telling me he's second. Uh, Mike Durnt from Green Day. Oh, okay. I mean, of course I'm going to pick Mike Durnt. <laughs> of course I'm going to pick the bass player from my favorite band. Oh, I was going to go with John Entwistle, but I mean, this is James my James list, James. not yours. So <laughs> I'm not saying Mike Durnt is the greatest bass player of all time, but he's my favorite bass player of all also, time. Also, Terry Geezer Butler, if you're listening, you are my favorite bass player. You are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Geezer, you're my fifth favorite bass player. <laughs> but it's it, it, there's some big names on that list. Most of them just in punk rock bands. Well, you did you did talk me into playing with more brighter tone. I always turned all the tone knobs down. Yeah, that's how your dad did it, right? Always. Yeah, my dad's a far better bass player than me. He played a jazz bass. Always turned the tone all the way down. That's how I started playing. And then Bobby Westside talked me into doing something different. Yeah, I basically just wanted you to... I wanted the bass to sound the way I wanted it to sound. Because <laughs> it always sounded so hollow. <laughs> Wooden. <just. laughs> 
Stop making no uh, other noise. Oh, you know, guys, once again, I don't have headphones. Okay, you didn't. You... Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm TB player, okay? TB <laughs> player. Uh, I watched that movie so much during quarantine. Well, there there was supposed to be a, there's a minor league baseball team that plays in Erie, Pennsylvania, and they were going to have a Wonders Night this year. Oh, they did not have a Wonders Night this that year. That would have been so cool. Were, were the actors going to be there? I don't know, but they were going to, like, their jerseys had the logo of the Wonders oh. on it. And it was if like they, the colors. It was. I would have been there. I, I would have liked to have gone and, if, and, and uh, bought a Wonders jersey. If they still want to do that in the future, um, and they can, and they can't get the actual Wonders, we will one hundred percent come in. We know. We basically know all the songs in that in that uh, movie. Hey, speaking of the pandemic, all right, talking about Pennsylvania, right? Mm-hmm. All right. How excited were you all when the travel restrictions got lifted? There was travel restrictions. I don't go anywhere on a normal year, so... Yes. Yes, there were. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, you know, I liked it because it meant, like, things are starting to get back to normal. I was very excited. Like, the week we were recording this, the CDC says, CDC says that, you know, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask out in public anymore, which is two-thirds of this band. <laughs> I am. You got one shot. Yeah, I am 50% vaccinated. You don't have to cover your nose anymore. We're, yeah. Bob, we're gonna change his name to Bobby One Shot. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby One Shot. <laughs> You're gonna change my legal name. Yeah. <laughs> to Bobby One Shot. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to cover your nose anymore because you got one <laughs> shot. So, so for that name to just always be true, should I just always? Uh, should I just never get the second shot? <laughs> no, you should get the. Second you should shot. definitely get the second but shot. But we'll just still call you Bobby One Shot. Oh, okay. that's good to know. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Bobby one shot. You know that scene? Sorry. I, I Going back to uh, that thing you do. Mm-hmm. That scene in that thing you do when their song gets played on the radio. Yeah. And everybody, like, they all run to the appliance store and they're freaking out and dancing and laughing. And mm-hmm. Hopefully they play one of these tunes on the radio at some point. Well, That's going to be a good day. So the thing, uh, <laughs> thing that I always had planned... There's a podcast I listen to called Jonah Radio, and they take, you know, fan submissions. So I submitted, uh, it was either the version of Psyfidelity that was on the album or the the iPhone demo that I created. I submitted it, and they said, great, we're going to play it. And I just listened every week, hoping that it would get played. Cause my, they probably tell that to all the girls. Because I, <laughs> I, I emailed them, I emailed them, when I emailed them the, the, the song... I was just like, because uh, they uh, the the host Jonah Ray also loves the movie. Uh, what's that song? That, that thing, thing you, do. you do. Also loves that thing you do. And uh, so I was like, oh, if you play this on their album, I will make a music video and we'll just recreate that scene. So if our song ever does play, get played on the radio, we're we're doing a, an homage video to that. Okay. I'm sorry. Positive thinking. When our songs get played on the radio, <laughs> even if it is just internet radio, even if uh, well, all radio is internet radio these days. I think I feel like terrestrial radio is like going the way of the dodo bird. Right. It is a dying breed. I submitted it to the local college station here, but I don't listen to the local college station because there's a lot of oh. songs that I don't like that they play. So I, I don't know if it ever got played. Ninety-one-five. Yeah. Oh, I love that station. That was where. Uh, 
commercial radio guy got his start? Ah, uh, yes, back in the early two or the mid two thousands. <laughs> Right yeah. when satellite Early. radio. Well, I think I, I think a commercial radio guy first showed up probably in 2005. So yeah, probably mid. Okay. Yeah. Is commercial radio guy here today? Yes, commercial radio guy is here today. Thank you for asking. Wow. He showed up. That's amazing. Man, he just walked in the room. That's incredible. We're in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Wait, uh, hold on. Commercial radio guy, we're gonna let you uh, finish the podcast, uh, book in the podcast here in a second, but. Uh, I think just wrapping up here, I think, uh, uh, is there any other things, any other points about like the production of this uh, album you guys want to get at? Fender Jaguar. I will be loyal. <laughs> well, we, we've been working hard on these tunes. I'm, I'm pretty proud of, of the work we've done on social distancing and alone together. I think they are really good tunes. Oh, dude, the harmonies you do for Alone Together were just, like, fire. Yeah, that was, that was a fun that was a fun little studio discovery. Like, if I ever had to change anything in my vocals, I would make sure that they lined up with your vocals. Yeah, we, uh... Because well, we had planned to do something different, right? Like yeah, we, we, we were just going to do just... You're just going to double me. I got to the, the vocal booth at Bobby Westside's apartment, and we had had a plan, and... Studio 42. Studio 42. <laughs> and, and things just... The plan went out the window, and, and it was just a moment that just happened to be created in the studio as far as the, the harmony parts for uh, for Alone Together. And I I think they came out really good. I'm really excited for all of you to hear, so thank you for uh, checking it out. The music's incredibly catchy. I mean, one of the most important things in pop music, you know, popular music, is, is to have catchy music that people remember. This is just the kind of stuff that you... You know, if more people listen to it, that's that's the kind of music that you'll be driving to work like I do, <laughs> singing this stuff. Yeah. It's incredibly catchy. And you know, it is just a like a essentially it's just a two track album. But I want I always wanted to group the two songs that were written about the pandemic together. But because we had lost half our songs, I just wanted there to be more than I just wanted there to be six songs on Psy Fidelity. So we. Uh, social distancing gone, but we had alone together. <laughs> but I wanted to re-record alone together uh, for this album too, just because I wanted them grouped together, and just because I'm like I can do a better job. The production on that was okay, but it could be better. And now I'm thinking about just re-recording the entire Sci Fidelity, but we'll talk about that later in life. <laughs> uh, so just wrapping up, I'd just like to thank anyone who's listening to this on Bandcamp.com. Thank you for supporting the band. Uh, rate radio guy. Do you wanna? Do you wanna send us off? Send us off. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Bobby Westside. You've been listening to the Stand podcast, featuring Bobby Westside in the Stand, giving you the story of the days the Earth stood ill. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Yeah. And wrapped. And. Come- and that is our show, folks. I've been your friendly neighbor, rock star Bobby Westside. Email any questions you might have at bwvinylandcoffee at gmail.com, and I might read them on the podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at bwvinylandcoffee. Thanks for joining us. Please share, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Goodbye. <laughs>